just a quick note before we start off. If you want to skip to the content of the podcast, you should probably go to around the 5 minute, 5 minute, 30 mark. But if you want to learn about like the purpose of the podcast, I'd recommend you to stick around for the 5 minute intro. Hello all, welcome to the Sports Scoop podcast. Today's episode is the 7th I will produce on this podcast. And to be honest, I'm in utter disbelief that we have actually reached 7 episodes of this podcast. Whenever I initiated this podcast, let's say in September of 2021, I was doubtful with the finite resources and budget that was available to me that we would even reach five episodes. But now today in January of 2022, we are welcoming our second guest onto the podcast, who is aspiring Irish motor racing star Alex Dunn. Alex from County Offaly holds the ambition to become Ireland's first Formula One driver in over two decades by the time he has a realistic opportunity to enter Formula One in the probably later later this decade, which would be over 20 years after the most recent Irish Formula One driver who competed in the sport. It was Ralph Furman who competed in 2003. And I feel if Alex Dunn were to attain success in his Formula One career, I feel it could really rejuvenate the following of Formula One and motorsport in general in Ireland because obviously whenever Jordan Grand Prix, the Irish racing team owned by Eddie Jordan, were let's say in their peak years, probably in the late 1990s and the early 2000s where they secured a few race wins, came third in the Constructors' Championship, beat a few household names in Formula One. Motorsport in Formula One was like religiously followed by people in Ireland but then obviously as the Jordan team began to decline and obviously they made their inevitable exit in 2005, the popularity of the sport began to wane significantly and began to wane rapidly. And by the time of the early to mid 2010s, like popularity of Formula One and motorsport in Ireland was virtually non-existent. Obviously with the absolutely high octane season that was 2021 in formula one the popularity of the sport began to increase slightly in ireland over that period also with the release of the formula one drive to survive netflix documentary the popularity of the sport has we would say slightly increased in ireland over the last number of years but nothing compared to the levels of the late 90s and the early 2000s and I believe that any potential success for Alex could catapult let's say the TV ratings and the general popularity of motor racing in Ireland to an all-time high which I feel would be brilliant because it's rare that there is developing sports in Ireland because I feel the three household sports in Ireland at the moment are GAA, rugby and football. They are the three household sports they're the three most followed sports in the country like it or not and obviously rowing has made made significant inroads over the last number of years obviously with the success of the O'Donovan brothers Fintan McCarthy Sinisha Pospore they have made progress and they are now amongst the most popular sports in the country but it is nothing compared to the popularity of let's say I would consider the big three and maybe if Alex Dunn, as I mentioned earlier, were to obviously 
attained success in his career, maybe motor racing could start to make inroads in that successful three, those big three sports in Ireland. And whenever there is one figure in the country that achieves success, it can it can really like the sport can gain momentum in general. And you could see it like proof of that in the Netherlands over the last number of years, whenever Max Verstappen obviously arrived in Formula One. There wasn't significant interest in Formula One. Probably they were in a similar situation to what we were in, probably in the early to mid 2010s. But whenever Verstappen came in, it's now considered one of the most popular, if not the most popular sport in the country as a result of his like mesmerizing driving over the last number of years and his championship win, obviously, last year. So I think that obviously gives everyone an eye opener into. If Alex Dummer even to achieve a fraction of Verstappen's success, the the following of Formula One could really take a real positive step forward over the next four, number of years. So I think, without further ado, I feel it's a fitting occasion to introduce Alex to this podcast. Okay, welcome to the Sports Scoop podcast. This is the seventh episode, and we're joined with Alex Dunn, who's a Formula 4 ADAC racer, and you were also in Spanish 4 last year, also racing in Formula 4 UAE at the moment. So, first question for you today is, we're we're kind of taking inspiration from other podcasts at the moment, but our first question is, yeah. define the word satisfaction in sporting terms. It's just like an interesting, what would you say, way to initiate the podcast, because we can sort of see whenever we compare your answer to future guests, we just sort of see what is like the main answer amongst the guests and what do certain guests say? So in your term, in like sporting terms, what is satisfaction for you? I'd say the main to define satisfaction in motorsport would probably either be when you hook up one of the, a perfect qualifying lap um, or when you, when you have a, a really good start from a race and you control the race and you lead it from the first lap to the last lap and you win, I'd say they're probably the two most satisfying feelings I've had in racing before. Oh, cool. That, that's that's interesting to hear. So I think now we're just going to get into like the racing career questions in general. So my first like racing career question in general is, describe your like physical preparation, your training and your nutrition for, for racing in general. Like what? Like, yeah, well, it's it's extremely important in motorsport to make sure you have a healthy diet and to make sure you're also very physically, not only very physically, but also very mentally strong. So I'm in the gym four times a week, every week, um, doing any sort of body weight training, weight training, cardio, all that sort of stuff to keep me in shape. And then on top of that, I also make sure to always eat healthy, a lot of fruit, a lot of veg, keeping, keeping my body good. And then we also do a few... Um, like reaction, reaction activities to keep me mentally strong, um, which also helps for the start of a race as well. Oh yeah, that that's interesting. This you, I was sort of as you'd say that was my next question was how do you mentally prepare for race weekends, and you just sort of answered the first two questions in one go. So <laughs> so well done, you're you're, you're settling in well. And then so the third one is what are your interests and hobbies off the track because. I presume there's something for you where you switch off because it's hard to be consumed by it fully, or are you consumed by it fully? 
Well, uh, no, I'd say I'm, I'm definitely 100% focused on racing. I think if if I if I said I had anything to switch off, it would probably be when I go home and drive my sim, which is technically still racing. So I'd say that would, that would probably be it. Oh, cool. Interesting. And now the next question is, what's your routine on a day you're competing? What, like, what do you do? like throughout the whole day just sort of describe it for me from start to finish what's it like like well i'd wait, wake up um depending on whatever time we're on track we normally i normally wake up one to two hours before we have to be there Um, i'll go have break i'll have a shower i'll go have breakfast and i'll uh, i'll go to the track i'll go through uh, any details needed with my engineer making sure that i'm ready and understanding what we're, what the plan's going to be for that day and then I'll get in the car and drive. Oh, cool. Interesting. Nice and composed answer. So um, another one is, can you juggle the challenging lives with like education and racing, like both of them together? Is that a challenge? Can you manage it? Um, it, it when, I, when I went to, I used, to, I'm not in school anymore, but when I was in school, it was, it was quite tough because especially with training, you know, you'd be at school all day and then you'd get home and you'd do your training and then you'd have to go straight to bed. But now, now I'm homeschooled, which makes things much, much easier to, to balance around my racing. So I try, I try and do it that way. Uh, it helps, it helps me a lot to, to make sure I can get them both in. When did you sort of make the transition from general school to homeschool? When was that decision made? I, f- I finished, I finished first year in secondary school and then, um, at the just before I was supposed to start second uh, second year, we said it would be better if I was homeschooled. Oh, um, what year are you in now? Uh, fourth. Fourth year, oh, same myself. So, <laughs> quite a lot of similarities yeah. there, and yeah. So yeah, and I just want to maybe make it known to the viewers that don't really know like the difference between like the like sort of the complete the complexions of general school and homeschool. This is common for racing drivers to transition to that sort of lifestyle, aren't they? And yes, the most 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 drivers I know, yeah. most of my friends are all homeschooled. And some of them have even ditched the world of education completely. Like what two of them yeah. I could think of, like Lando Norris did it and George Russell as well. Like yeah, they I can... know um, one or two one or two people that stopped going to school. Yeah, so it's it's different for everyone. So obviously you're making the effort to try and juggle both, but some drivers don't. So it's it's really just a it like a collective consensus. And then my sixth question is: Is it challenging to secure funding for your racing career? I presume it is, but how challenging <laughs> is it? Yeah, that's that's probably apart from driving. That's probably the hardest part is collecting the the money and the financial support needed to keep racing. Um, luckily, I have some really amazing sponsors, the likes of uh, Harris Group, Van Fleet Transport, PDS, Artisan Marble and Porcelain, and uh, Reynolds Logistics. They've all been really loyal sponsors and very helpful to me. Um, and um, also, motor, also motorsport. Oh, oh sorry. Also, um, also Motorsport Ireland as well, winning the, the Young Driver of the Year award, um, which has also been very helpful. So I think they've, they've helped me a lot, but it's definitely very, very tough to get the, get the financial support towards racing. And um, this is a rather interesting one, but have you ever been on the receiving end of hostile com- comments from an an- anonymous member of a racing paddock? Obviously anonymous, but have you ever been on the receiving end of someone in a racing paddock who may have used hostile hostile comments that could be maybe a team boss 
or potentially another driver because I know it does happen in paddocks on a regular basis. Um, off the top of my head, no. I'm sure there's people that have probably said that said something about me before that I don't know about. But um, off the top of my head, no, I don't think I don't think there is. Okay, and other than Formula One, what other racing category categories would you hold an interest in competing in? I know you said in a Boz.ie article, I think it was, that you were interested in racing in IndyCar as well as Formula One, if Formula One didn't work out. But what other categories would you like to race in? Like Formula E, DTM? Uh, I think the, Formula E looks like a great class at the moment. Um, it's, it's starting to grow a lot and the competition over there is starting to get much better as well. I think it would also be incredible to race in series with the, like the 24 Hours Le Mans and 24 Hours Daytona in, the, in like the LMP2 class. I think that would be really great as well. But I kind of consider those as something I would like to do after I get to Formula 1. So I think there's quite a lot of things that I would still happily enjoy race, but it would be uh, something I'd like to do after I reach my goal. Yeah, now if we're moving towards Formula 1, if you were to become a driver... Let's say if you let's say sort of like in the midway stage of your career, would you do like maybe like a Kimi Räikkönen esque move or a Fernando Alonso esque move and take a slight sabbatical to race in other categories? Would that interest you? Um, yes, at some point maybe, but uh, I think uh, we kind of have a, a a straight line set where we'd like to go, which would be F four, F three, F two, and then F one. Cool. So and- I think. That's probably what I'd like to do the most. Okay, cool, interesting. Next one is, you consider Sebastian Vettel and Michael Schumacher your racing inspirations. Can you list a reason why these specific drivers inspire you? Well, I'd say the main reason Michael Schumacher would have inspired me was because, you know, his work ethic was incredible, especially off the track. He, um, he was, he was, very i'm not sure if you've also watched the schumacher as well i did Schumacher movie sorry um he was incredible to watch how he was he worked so hard he was always in the gym making sure he was 100 percent ready and then how he also worked with all the engineers and all the team and he got everybody working around him to to make sure it was 100 percent best for him so i'd say his work ethic and also how incredible of a driver he was but it was mainly his work ethic that inspired me and sebastian vettel I think I just really enjoyed watching him drive. I thought he was really, really good, especially when he um, when he had those four world tires in Red Bull. I just um, really enjoyed watching how he did things. Yeah, for me, I'm a Seb fan myself, and I'm kind of the opposite because I really enjoyed his time at Ferrari and whenever he sort of brought the challenge to Lewis Hamilton in a degree. I know it wasn't overly successful in the end, but I just loved his passion for the team and his sheer commitment. Just generally, yeah. for every race, it, like even whenever he won a race, it was pure passion from the radio. And I, I absolutely loved watching it. And from someone, I maybe didn't have much admiration for him prior to that period because there were maybe numerous controversies, let's say the whole multi-21 situation and all of that. But just yeah. to sort of, it's interesting how like a certain move to a certain team can really change, let's say, a driver's maturity or so or their certain attitude to the sport and they really yeah. became one of your least favorites to becoming one of your favorites and it's it's really interesting to see how that transition really happens over the course of a few short years yeah yeah no i, I definitely agree with you 
And then other than Vettel and Schumacher, can you list three, three to five other racing drivers that inspire you? They can be in or out of Formula One in general. So it's just an open book. Uh, three to five racing drivers. I would say the main one will probably be Max Verstappen. Oh, yeah. Um, I yeah. think I just I just really enjoy watching him race. Um, he's he, he races very hard. Um, doesn't leave doesn't leave a whole lot of room, but he um he's really enjoyable to watch, and I really I like his I like his mentality towards racing. I'm also a big fan of uh, big fan of George Russell. I think he's an incredibly talented driver, especially when when he was when he was driving for Williams. Um, I'm really interested to see what he'll do in Mercedes now as well. Um, and then outside outside of Formula One, I'd say oh, that's a tough one. I don't I don't really say I'd have anyone that inspires me outside of Formula One. I don't really watch a whole lot of other classes. I think I've had a look. Um, at a few different things here and there, but the main the main thing is probably Formula One. Yeah, I'm very similar to you. If I were to pick a few drivers that inspire you, my first one have to be Fernando Alonso, definitely, because I just love his yeah. how he defends, especially that day in, in Hungary last year when he defended yeah. against Hamilton. That was absolutely exceptional in a much inferior machinery. And even just his runs in the Ferrari in 2012 and 20. 2010 as well and he came so agonizingly close in inferior machinery and I feel he's just the ultimate racer how he can really get every like every single factor out of that car even in challenging circumstances and I'd back him to do it again in his in like his future career obviously Daniel Ricciardo as well like just yeah pure talent it's I find it like fairly disappointing how his career is currently going because he is definitely talented enough to become a world champion and I just love his pure overtaking ability and even how he can just come through the field even after a challenging qualifying session to have a really respectable race and if I were to pick a third it'd be a toss-up between two of the classics potentially Ayrton Senna or um, Nicky Lauda I'd say Ayrton Senna just I think similar to what you would say about Max Verstappen, just a pure racer. He races hard. He was sort of the pioneer of hot, like hard racing to a degree. And I, I presume Verstappen's one of the guys who's probably following his lead to a degree. And I'd yeah. probably say um, Nicky Lauda, just, I feel just generally for the legacy and I feel just generally for the straightforwardness. I love his straightforwardness as a person. I know, like, there's obviously numerous stories about how he was maybe, like, incredibly straightforward with certain people, and I, I find that slightly amusing, but I just, I feel his general attitude to racing and the way he approached it mentally, it was probably a slightly older monastic style, but I feel it's really interesting, and I feel, feel he's left a great le legacy with the sport, along with his contribution to Mercedes later in his life, which I felt was another great way of giving back to the sport. And yes, def I definitely agree with you. I think Nicky Lauder is definitely uh, a great racing driver, and Ayrton Senna as well. Ayrton Senna, was, Ayrton Senna, apart from the the drivers who are racing in this day and age, I'd say Ayrton Senna was probably my you could say my racing hero. Um, I think, but watching him and watching the old Senna movies as well was it was incredible. Yeah, of course. And have you ever incorporated another driver's style into your own? Um, I would like to say no. I think 
I, I wouldn't say I've ever incorporated another driver's style, but you can definitely, you know, if you're if you're racing and you're maybe missing a couple of tenths to the guy who's quickest, you might go and watch him and maybe take one or two things that he's doing differently in the corner and then you can go out and try them as well. Interesting. Have you ever driven on a street circuit? If not, which street circuit would you be interested in racing on? I've, I've never raced on a street circuit, but I think most of the racing drivers who haven't probably all say that we'd like to race in Monaco. Yeah, I'd love to race in Monaco as well, but Jeddah and Singapore as well, they both seem like incredible tracks to drive. Yeah, definitely. Um, Azerbaijan looks really Oh, nice Baku. As well. I forgot about Baku as well. Baku is Baku strong. Yeah, yeah. Um. From a person who has experienced racing firsthand, I presume you would know more about like a, a racing paddock than myself. Who would you predict to become the 2022 Formula One champion? I understand this is bold, but just take a, a guess in the dark on who you think would be the world champion. Oh, 2022 Formula One world champion. Um, I think that would be very hard to decide right now because they haven't done uh, any testing or well, they have, but I haven't seen the results. Um, and I think with the with the current with how they changed the um, the regulations for the car, I, in my opinion, they kind of went in Mercedes' favor. So I think they're going to be very very strong again. So, but I think I'd ra- I'd rather I'd rather just see a really good fight between Verstappen and Hamilton. Yeah, I I see. I I have a different like sort of view. I feel that like I feel Ferrari will be up there next year, and I feel I feel it's going to be either. Or maybe even Alpine as well. Maybe Red Bull again. Who knows? But I feel it'll probably be either a Mercedes, a Ferrari driver, potentially Alonso if he gets lucky, or Verstappen. So I, get, I think it's unpredictable at the moment. But if I were to take a long guess in the dark, we'll say we'll say Hamilton to win his eighth. But who knows? <laughs> I think I think I'd be really happy to see Russell win the championship. Oh, 100%. Like I I I love like, I like Russell a lot as well. I I think I, I loved whenever he obviously bolstered that Williams into a P2 in Spa last year in the rain. That was absolutely <laughs> wonderful to watch. Yeah. That was yeah, just that was, was masterful. And now another question is which of the younger drivers of the younger generation do you admire the most? Um when you say younger generation, do you mean younger than me, or uh, like younger, or younger generation that's above me? Younger generation of Formula One, technically the generation above you. So probably, probably from Carlos Sainz onwards. So like nineteen ninety four onwards. That's when I consider oh, okay. the start of the new generation. Um, the people, then I'd say Max Verstappen. Um, I think he's probably he's probably my favorite F one driver on the grid at the moment. Um, and he's. I just really enjoy watching his 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 sheer when he ra- he really races hard against everyone, but um he always leaves very very little amounts of room, which I which I really like with really wheel to wheel racing, um which I enjoy to watch, and uh, yeah, I think just how he, just how he does things is you can really learn a lot from watching him. Yeah, like personally myself would have to be George Russell. I, I feel I love just watching him. Like his qualifying laps are just moving to watch in general, and even whenever he got the chance in the Mercedes and Sakir in twenty twenty, he like I love how he went like hammer and tongs at Bottas, absolutely no fear yeah. of the eventual lap 
eventualities. Absolutely love that. Also a fan of Carlos Sainz's consistency in general. I love that. Just how he continues to like be understated, but continues to produce those results. And even Mick Schumacher himself, because I feel even though he hasn't really proven himself yet, I, I feel just in general, personally, I feel he's doing a good job of really carrying the legacy and really making the right decisions in 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 that respect in general. So I feel really interesting in that respect. And yeah. I, I think I think in the past have you um considered Spa Frankenshop your favourite circuit? Um potentially? I think I saw that in an article. I would uh I'd say yeah Spa's probably my my favourite track. Although I did um some winter testing in Italy last year and I also really, really enjoy uh, Magello. Oh, Magello seems a really cool track as well. But just describe yeah. to me, what's it like driving on a rouge, the big hill in Spa? What's it like driving and even following it up at Rodillion later? later do you get any fear considering there's been numerous significant accidents there, you know? so. Um, I think in, you don't really feel anything through a rouge in an F4 because I think F4 is quite slow. Um, so you could, you could almost do a rouge with your eyes closed. It's not even really a corner in F4, so... But it, it was definitely the first time I ever came out of the pits was in the rain um, in, in Spa. And going up to a route then was definitely very, very scary. Um, and especially when that was my first time driving an F4 car. So throughout the day, a route in the rain was a little a little bit sketchy, but um, it was good fun. Have you ever had a, a significant accident um, while racing? Like, have you ever had like an accident that was like pretty big, like in general, you know? Um, in cars, no. I've had one or two small crashes, but no, nothing big. Um, I think the only proper big accident I had was in um in a category called OKJ in karting uh, at a track called Laconca, where uh, in the last corner I rolled over the top of someone. Oh, and were you injured, or was there any repercussions, or no, no, no? I was fine. I was just a little bit winded. Oh, must have been hard. <laughs> and I just want to just. A general question is, if you were to compare, let's say, the worlds of karting and racing, um, like, do you prefer karting or car racing? Which is more enjoyable at the moment? Um, I think at at the current moment, I think I prefer car racing. Um, I prefer the the different strategies you have to take. Um, and you also have to be a little bit more patient and a little bit more decisive with the with the decisions that you make towards. Um, making an overtake, for example, because I think in karting there's no there's no bodywork. It's a lot harder to get damage, and it's kind of like towed up the inside. And if you crash into the side of them, it doesn't really matter. Um, but in, in F4, that matters a lot. Um, so I definitely, as a as a person, as a driver, I much I'm much more enjoying car racing at the moment. And um. Do you ever listen to any of the outside media noise as a driver? I know you're like an F4 driver, so there won't be a significant amount of media noise, but do you ever like read any interviews or anything that's published about you? Or are you very, just very internally focused on focusing on yourself? Or Well, I, I mainly focus on myself, but um, if I'm ever in the newspaper or if I've ever done any other podcasts that have been published, I'll normally listen to them or, or give a read of the newspaper or, or anything. So I'll normally make through, make, have a look through just to make sure that it all looks and sounds okay. Yeah. Okay. And 
would you say you race hard on the track? Would you say you race incredibly hard, or do you fr- like attempt to find like a balance in a way? Um, I'd say there's a a, a balance. I'd I'd like to say that's I race with a balance. Um, I think I definitely I enjoy racing hard. I think that's how racing should be. You know, not necessarily driving into somebody, but really close wheel to wheel. Um, and I think that that's how it should be. That's how I enjoy doing it, and that's how. I have been doing it the whole way through my career. Um, so I'd say, I'd say, yeah, that's probably how I am. Yeah. And if you, let's say, like, I, I personally agree with the balance because I sometimes feel that sense of balance has sometimes been maybe exploited at times in, in racing in general. Like, I feel like as much as I admire Max Verstappen, I feel at that race in Jeddah back last year, I felt maybe he pushed the limits a little too hard maybe that day as well and maybe yeah. I feel Lewis and Max in general I feel they pushed it maybe a little too hard in Silverstone or Monza but I feel that's just really the, the general mechanics of racing sometimes sometimes those things happen and sometimes it can be an issue and we're just coming into maybe our final two questions and those are whenever um let's say Whenever, like the twenty twenty one championship drew it drew to a con- conclusion in Abu Dhabi, and I think you know where this question is going. And whenever Michael Massey <laughs> made the controversial decision in relation to the safety car, what's your general opinion on that whole situation? And what um, do you think? What action do you think? I think it's kind of. I think I think it's kind of hard to say. It depends on how you look at the whole season. I think if you base it off of that race, I'd say Hamilton deserved to win the race, but in my opinion, Verstappen deserved to win the championship. So I think um, it's it's kind of it's kind of a tough one. Um, I think there was a lot of people complaining, saying how Hamilton should have won. But I think also if there wasn't some of the incidents during the year, then Verstappen would have already won before the last round. So I think it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, I I probably have to agree there. I, I feel Verstappen was a like I feel a step ahead of the majority of the field for the for I'd say the overwhelming majority of the season. But I feel yeah. I, I absolutely love sort of Hamilton's drive to really get back in that title fight over the la- over the final few races, especially in Brazil, whenever he came back from like virtually last on the grid to win the race. I felt that was an, an exceptional performance and it really shows the resilience yeah. and the mark of the man when I feel many racing fans doubted his his true courage but i feel he 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 showed it in abundance over those final couple of races in 2021 and now the final question is whenever your racing career comes to an end like i, I presume that will probably be a long time away <laughs> what are you interested in doing out like outside of racing when the career is finished and like what other fields of life interest interest you in working in or would you try and get a job related to racing like where where do you stand in in that in that degree? Like in your opinion? Well, I'd say I'd like to have um a long a long career in Formula One. Um, and I think the thing I'd like to do when I've finished, I think I'd like to um either I'd like to have to try and bring one if I have if I have kids, I'd like to bring try to try and bring one of my kids up to motorsport as well. Um. I feel like it's a really nice, a really nice thing you see, um, with, for example, for father and sons through motorsport. Um, I think it would be it would be a cool experience to to bring a kid, 
to come through what I've gone through um, and to try and get him also to Formula One. I think it will be a really nice, nice journey to have. Yeah, I absolutely loved, remember, John Button and Jensen Button's bond, like them coming through through the ranks together, because I feel John was an absolute stalwart of a father and he really stood for Jensen through even the difficult times and even through the highs and the lows. He was, I feel, probably, if we were to consider father in some relationships in Formula 1, like I feel that is probably the best of them because it, it, they were just two people who really they really stood for everything they said and they were really transparent and honest through the whole situation, in my opinion. And now my final question is, what is the biggest challenge you have, you've ever had to encounter like during your racing career? Have you ever had to like encounter like a significant challenge in your career? And how did you overcome that challenge? Um, my biggest challenge, that's a tough one. Um, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd say there's ever been challenges that are much bigger than others. If there's all, there are all every race is quite challenging. Um, but if there was one, it would probably be um when I was fighting for the for the European Championship and we came to um to a track in Sweden called Christianstad, where there was uh, unfortunately there was like a, a bad batch of tires, basically where um half the fields there was like a certain barcode where um. We all got a bad batch of tires, which were way slower than the other ones, um, and that kind of put me out of contention for the for the European Championship, which was uh, not very nice. Yeah, and one final question, which I feel is just interesting in general: Who is the best driver and the most complete driver you've raced in throughout your career so far? Um, oh, that's uh, I think. The best driver I've raced against, I think I can't really say because I would always, I would always have considered myself the best when I'm racing, um, or mentally I would have considered myself to be better than the people I'm racing against. So I think there's definitely I've definitely raced against a few drivers who are also very very good, um, but I wouldn't say, um, I don't know who I'd say would be the best. Okay, perfect. And you know, in the current series you're racing in Formula Four, um. Are the machinery and the, the engines, are they equal or are they, let's say, let's say separated? Are they different? Is it really depending on what team you join or are they all fairly equal? Like, what is it? like? No, Formula 4 is a very, very equal class. Um, before, um, if you look at the likes of the, the ADAC or the Italian Championship, um, we're all on the same, also the same in UAE, but... We're all on the same um, the same tub, which is a Tatas car. Um, so it's the same car. We're all on, the, on a, the same make of engines. And all those engines before the year are shipped off to a company called Auto Technica, where they're all checked to make sure that all the engines are equal. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't done before the UAE championship. But in all other championships, that's normally how it's done to, to make sure that everybody is equal and that it's a, a level playing field. Perfect. And now we reach like the point in the podcast where... I'm just wondering if you have any questions for me personally or are you okay in general? Because I'm just wondering because I feel that the, the guest on the podcast deserves the opportunity to ask questions back to the podcaster in general. So do you have any questions or are you okay? No, I'm, I'm okay. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me, especially getting up at such an early time. Um, oh. But uh, I, I, I've enjoyed it. Um, and I've... It's it's great to see a person um a person who's outside of racing their look on racing as well. Ah, oh, 
Thanks. It's absolutely fine. It was a real pleasure. And I wish you the best in your racing career in general. And let's hope that obviously your your championship in the F4 UAE continues to prosper over the next number of weeks. So um, obviously, thanks, Alex, for the experience. And talk soon. Bye. Thanks, Luke. Bye-bye. Hello. So I hope everyone thoroughly enjoyed that seventh episode of the Sports Good podcast. And I think before we finish up, I want to conclude on a number of points. That was, I feel, an incredibly enjoyable episode to record because I felt it was one of my strongest performances as a broadcaster since I obviously founded this podcast in September. And I feel I'm really developing as a broadcaster. I feel I'm incorporating more dynamism and more purpose into my pod into like my broadcasting and I feel I'm becoming a more experienced broadcaster in general and I just generally enjoyed like obviously overhearing a number of like even general racing opinions from someone who's in the racing paddock on like a regular basis because I feel there's many opinionated figures in the motorsport like community who believe they know a lot more than they actually do and they make some like opinionated jibes and comments about certain person personnel in the paddock which I feel were unjustified so I was interested to actually hear about new like obviously a professional racer's opinions on certain drivers at the high level at the moment and I was also interested to hear about his general racing career I was obviously interested to hear about how he prepares for a race obviously in the mental aspect and obviously physically as well and I was also interested to see how he juggles his personal life along with his racing career obviously in terms of education so I think to to conclude it's time to update viewers on how we currently stand as a podcast in general I'm glad to confirm that we are in the process of inviting a number of guests onto the podcast in the next number of weeks. Along with that, we're also attempting to open a web page on WordPress along with social media pages to spread the appeal of the podcast to the wider world because it is a challenge to obviously promote a podcast in a school community or a local community and I feel we can really expand this podcast from just like we would say a small scale recording show to a broadcasting empire because that's how we want to be remembered as a show rather than just staying small and not having the ambition to grow larger and also another benefit of obviously like opening these web pages is that we can obviously provide a number of our listeners some exclusive content that they would be unable to access through just viewing the podcasts on let's say a weekly or biennially weekly basis and I feel if they're getting regular content from the web page and the social media page they can get a bit of a glimpse into how like I prepare as a podcaster and obviously my mind as a sports fan in general because I feel you can only learn so much from 45 minutes or so let's say every two or three weeks but if you 
obviously are getting regular updates, you can really learn a lot more about me in general. So I feel there's many benefits to opening these obviously online web pages. And I look forward to seeing you soon on the web pages and on the podcast here. I want to thank everyone for their overwhelming support over the last number of weeks. And I'm obviously interested to like obviously hear more feedback and to continue to prosper with this podcast.